0: Well, welcoming to the podcast this week, six-time world champ, two-times X Games silver medalist, and he actually took a break from throwing down supermans to join us for the podcast today. Adam Renheim, what's new? How are you?
1: (laughs) Hello, I'm good, and how are you guys?
0: We are good, just busy, busy, getting ready for the season ahead, much like you are. So what have you been up to all summer, up until the snow came?
1: Uh, I have actually been uh, working quite a lot with... uh my excavator company this summer so it's been a lot of work and not not so much else since the (laughs) this weird summer haven't had any fun events to go to or anything so
0: have things been pretty shut down where where you're at just from covid
1: yeah all the usual stuff that's happened during the summer haven't been able to to be so but otherwise i'm yeah i I haven't felt the, a big difference. Just a couple of big weekends that didn't happen, some party weekends, but it's, that maybe was good. <laughs> they didn't happen, so.
0: For sure. Now let's let's talk about practice. Of course, you're on the, the 2021 models, and talking to a few of the other ski riders, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of big noticeable differences in the sled. So talk to me about the sled and just how practice has been going for you these last few weeks.
1: No, as you said, uh, the sled is quite similar to last year. I, I've only been uh, riding the 21 this year, and I think I have around 15 hours on it right now. So uh, it works really good. I could just put on what I knew from last year. And it it's worked. It's been working really, really good. Uh, couple of adjustments here in the end, had some testing days with the leans and to, fine tune everything before I head over to US.
0: Now last year, of course, you had a big injury. Was it your femur you broke in Fargo?
1: Yeah, it was uh, my femur. And yeah, I think it was my first bone that I broke. So it was a tough one <laughs> that's for sure
0: no kidding that is like that's I can't believe that's the first bone you've broken racing right? snow cross your whole life that's incredible but that's uh it's it's such a tough break especially when it seems like you're at the you're at the top of your career right now um so what was the recovery process like dating back to December last year how was it
1: yeah no it was uh, it was tough and but everything I think went as smooth as possible I mean I broke it there in four go on Sunday and uh, I had really good help from from the team there from Warnet and Andrew he stayed with me at the hospital and I was there for I think three days three or four days and then I went back to Hill City with him and uh, stayed there for a couple of days and then uh, yeah flew home with a lot of help (laughs) at the airport from different people and the insurance company needed to help out with some special flights and stuff so it was a it went really smooth, but it was a lot of struggle in one way. It was a tough flight, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> no doubt about it. How difficult was it to sit at home and, and watch the races go on? I know we had a shortened season, but you got to watch a few races there. How difficult was that for you to to see your teammates keep competing and you know just to see the series go on?
1: No, it was tough. I, I think I got a little bit bitter there and then. It wasn't fun to watch it look. It looked slow, it looked flat, and I, I couldn't find anything positive with uh, watching, and I was watching a few finals there. Yeah, the first one after Fargo, and it it was so, I was just uh, laying, I couldn't go back to sleep. You watch the final at 3-4 in the morning, and then I was just thinking, I wonder how I have done that night, and it didn't look that tough, and... <laughs> So it's so easy to say when you're not there. So uh no, it w- it was tough. It was different. I felt uh, ready last year and uh, I f- I felt I had everything I needed. The the sled was good. I had the sh- suspension dialed in. We worn it starting working with uh, Steve Hole Tuckers all the uh, clutch guys so it couldn't be any better than that. So <laughs> yeah I felt like I missed out on a on a good season and many people have told me that too but it's yeah it's easy to speculate what could have been happening but uh yeah so I think that's what drove me to to try to figure out something from for this year like it's uh it's been tough to get all this deal work out but uh Yeah, I wasn't done, apparently.
0: And I'm glad I know the whole industry where every time we see an announcement from one of the European riders that announces plans to come back to the States, especially this year, it's just been a sigh of relief. We're like, thank goodness. <laughs> so let's talk about your 2021 plans. You just signed with Green Mountain Racing, who is historically historically race just the East Coast. So tell me about how that partnership came about with Green Mountain.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know really. I think the rumors started going over there that I really wanted to to come over like uh, I have good contact with uh, Kyle Sackett and Cody Sandman uh, from uh, yeah two mechanics from Warnet Racing and we were talking and Snapchat groups and was making up what we could do together to pull something off of like privateers or something and and I (laughs) it sounded so far away like it's I if i if i was supposed to go i really wanted to have all the pieces to win like i'm i'm not going there to waste my time or anyone else like i i knew what i had last year and i want to come as close as possible with uh, both porch and access from ski and everything so yeah after uh Speculation, and I was making some phone calls and starting to push a little bit more on Skeeto, and uh, yeah, I got in contact with Nate there from Green Mountain Racing, and he was, uh, yeah, asking to to help. I asked I asked him for help, and he was excited. So we figured out uh, a deal there for at least the first two rounds. So we will go hundred uh, percent in for the first two weekends. And uh, yeah, take it from there a little bit.
0: Right on. So, is the plan to race the full ISOC schedule one way or another? But the first two rounds are just with Green Mountain as of right now, correct? Yeah,
1: as of right now, it is like that. Uh, I I don't want to focus on on uh, what's happening after. I think that will that will uh, figure it out itself after the t- first two ones if they are decent results there and everyone is uh, getting along and and we are happy in the team i think we we can find a way to move forward but uh, yeah first for now it's 100% focus on the first two ones uh and see what's happening after that
0: <laughs> right on I know in the past you've typically brought over teammates with you mechanics from home will you be doing that again this year or are you going to be working with mechanics from Green Mountain for these first two races
1: uh, no I will be working with uh, mechanics from US uh, I think last year or if I've been alone for two years without any Swedish mechanic and it's I've been working good now since I've been there a few years, you're getting, uh, yeah, you know more people, it's easier to be there alone, so it's been working out good for a couple of years now, so, and actually, Kyle will be my mechanic for the two, first two runs. so he's uh, a familiar face, he's, he was uh, Francis' mechanic last year, so he's uh, fresh off a championship, so I hope he brings some luck with him, <laughs>
0: That's really good to be working with someone familiar who you've worked with in the past. That's awesome. Now, who are who else is racing for Green Mountain? At least whether it's for the season or who's going to be your teammates for those first couple of rounds.
1: I think my main teammate is uh, Nate, the owner's uh, kid. He will uh, race uh, the the lights class. I haven't figured out his name yet, but I don't know really anyone's name, so need to work on that when i get over there so and then he has two other guys that will uh, race uh, junior classes so it will be me and him racing at night so that will be pretty good i think they had two trailers so we could uh, have one each at night so that will give me plenty of space to focus on on the night show and everything so
0: excellent now you said you're, you're coming over to the states on the 28th of this month so just in a couple days so where will you be practicing when you get here and where are you staying uh
1: we will the team will stay in aurora and we will be pra- practicing there at uh,
0: the climb compound so
1: i will at least have a couple of days of uh, practice before the race so i think that will be enough i I'm not a big fan of of that track or any track in US Uh, in the preseason. It's so much people and it's hard to focus. So I think this this could be a good thing for me. I have a, yeah, like I said, a lot of practice at home for myself with just a few people and have been able to focus on what I should focus on. So, and the time I will get there, I think it, it will not be that many people left in Aurora. So hopefully we have a few good days there.
0: I hope so too. I know Aurora has been the place to be and they have one of the biggest tracks right now. So yeah, like you said, hopefully there are a few less people when you get here and you can just get out there and do your thing, get to practicing. So with your schedule this year outside of ISOC, um, do you plan to maybe race the world championship after the ISOC season again?
1: Uh, Yeah, of course, that's... uh always a plan for for me it's a little bit of of my main goal uh, when I'm not focusing on uh, ISOC Uh, I've been able to win that a few times now and and uh, last year they cancelled the race so I'm still the defending champion uh, at that so yeah we will see I'm a little bit in a dilemma when it comes to the that Uh, usually the the prize ceremony the gala is the same weekend as the loot so uh, i missed that one and then uh, they usually give the yeah you're not allowed to miss that prize ceremony so right now i i will not be able to drive the race we're trying to to figure that out with help from brp To allow me to raise because right now I have a fine uh, for 11,000 euros. So that's pretty much the same as US dollars. So, we have some problem when it comes to the World Championship.
0: <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, hopefully, in, hopefully you're able to run that one again. I know the World Championship, that's a, that's a pretty big deal, and it's been a very big part of your career. Well, I want to ask you too about the ISOC schedule, just looking at it. Um, what do you think about going back to ERX for this first round? Do you, Is that something you're looking forward to? I know you've raced the ERX National in the past, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I have raced it once. So no, but it feels good. It's a good, uh, good place to be. They have a good track. So and uh, I hope and think they will rebuild the track a little bit for the race. So it will not be a big advantage for the people who's practicing there. And uh, no, but it will be good. I think the schedule is good. So it will be interesting. It will be a lot of racing. when once we get started so yeah no it will be interesting
0: <laughs> it will be an interesting year that's for sure but i know we're looking forward to having eight races i i would hope that the schedule stays the same as it is but uh, time will tell i know they're working hard at it so um let me ask you too oh, I, I forgot i wanted to ask you this earlier so where you're at now at this point in your career despite the injury you are if not at the top of your career, embarking upon the peak of your career. So if you want to look back to your rookie year in pro snowcross, how how different are you nowadays as opposed to back then?
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, it feels like I have come a, a long way from the first. Uh, I can still remember the first time I flew into U.S. in uh, 2013 for Skido. That was my first year with Skido and yeah <laughs> that was tough. Uh, I can't say anything else. Uh, me and Emil Errman flew in. I was gonna be his teammate, but after the two first rounds that year, I flew back home and needed to reset a little bit. I think it was too many new yeah too many new things and new sled and everything, so I was actually racing at home that year for warnet in 2013 and then 14 i raised the first two ones before christmas and flew back just for x Games. so it was kind of to try it out a little bit and after that 15 and on i i uh, have been constantly in u.s so so yeah it's have been uh uh, a long road
0: <laughs> it really has you're one of the most uh one of the most decorated pro riders you've you're one of the class veterans i'd say you've raced this class a lot longer than some of the other newcomers and there are a lot of newcomers that have been here just the, the last two years alone but uh, looking back you know you talk about x games and the world championship and any other events that you may have raced during the snowcross season now that schedules it's slimmed down a bit we don't have x games So, like, is that better for a pro snowcross rider to have fewer races outside of ISOC? Or did you prefer it when you had all these other events to go to?
1: No, but I I think I need to race a lot. So the one, the years, I think 16, 17, I was racing full year in US i went home two times for the world championships because it started in the middle of the season at home so i was able to go where when it was weekends off in us and x games. so i i think i had a, it was one season there it was a lot of racing and uh, maybe it's it it hurt a little bit but right there and i didn't feel it was uh, anything like x games went good with the silver there and i won the world championship and of course i my goal is to win a championship in hockey uh, should have done that by now but as you said i think i'm uh, as good as i ever been despite the the um, age <laughs>
0: So obviously you have this wildly successful international career here in the States. You have had a number of podiums, three silver X Games medals, but your first win here in the U.S. did not come until 2019 at Shakopee. And just a month prior, you did win the Amsoil Dominator race. But why have wins and a championship been so elusive for you here in the States? Because internationally, like I said, you have had a wildly successful career. But why has the U.S. been this white whale?
1: Yeah, no that's a good question and and a tough question. I've been thinking about that a lot too and uh, I think one thing that have been hurting me in US is I'm too a little bit of a control freak or I'm sensitive in what I want and and uh, what I know from at home like I've been hands on and been working together with my mechanics my whole uh career and to go over to us and have people telling me what to do and how to do it and how to do it to be fast haven't been maybe super easy for me to handle but uh so i think that took a little bit of time to for people to trust me and for me to trust people in us so and that's why i think we saw the after 18 with warnet we had a it was a tough year in 18 with the new sled and everything but it was a good year in one like in the team and every everyone was trusting each other and it was like a good feeling so coming into 19 when i won my first race i yeah we still had the same feeling we had some bad races but uh It was all the time good. No one was fighting for anything. We were if I had an idea, we tried it. If someone else said we tried that. So it worked really, really good. So I think maybe that's been something. And it's been tough when it was the pro open rule for me to and my mechanics to go over to us. And compete with the big teams that were developing uh, sleds and engines over the summer I think that was hurting us a lot too they were always a little bit ahead in in uh, preparation and uh, yeah whole shots and stuff so that so when the rule came that uh, with a stock rule that was that was helping me a lot so if that rule would have came a few years earlier I think I could have been closer to have a championship by now so but yeah that's uh some thoughts I have about that questions <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> no that's interesting and it's really good to hear that from you that you know that perspective because that yeah that like you had said that's that's something I heard Gary talking about on his RideX365 podcast is you are a rider with a reputation you you know exactly what you want and sometimes that can be like that can be hard for teams, that can be hard for you guys to to really bond because, you know, you know what you want, they think they know what's best for you, that kind of a deal. But, um, you know, that's also been part of why you've been so successful is just, you know, you know what works. So.
1: Yeah, no, like you said, I have the results everywhere else except ISOC, right? Yeah, the past years I have results there too, but uh, like before it felt like, yeah, I can go back home and win world championship against let's say Elias, who have won the championship now for two years. And, yeah, why? <laughs> why is it easier over here? But I think then I go home and I have an advantage on the on the material side when it comes to setting up the sled and everything. And, and when we get to US, it's more equal for both of us. Maybe I'm missing a little bit more from home than he does if I compare us two. So... So now it's been, uh, yeah, and uh yeah, I've heard from other, a few other people that it's maybe hard to work with me. And then I had an, uh, one of those guys who were asking Andrew McLean, the cruise ship for WarNet, if it, so is it hard to work with Adam? And like, he was a little bit ironic and Andrew said. No, it's actually one of the best rider I work with. He knows what he wants. We can discuss everything and and work for the the goal, the same goal and it's no problem for me. And that guy just turned around and walked away. He didn't want to hear that. So that felt good.
0: <laughs> I can imagine, because I know we're, we're talking to some mechanics, like it can be so hard for them to get responses out of their riders to try to figure out what works in the sled. And you're a rider who is, of course, very hands-on. So that communication seems much more open between you and a mechanic, just, you know, you knowing what you want kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm always right, but at least if I if a race is going the wrong, if uh, like one weekend is going in the wrong Direction. I at least need to try to come up with something because it will be hard for the mechanic. He, he can only tell me so much, and then I need to step up and try to figure out what's wrong, if if it's me or if the sled is to blame or whatever it is. So I think that's a been been good the last years. Here, it's uh, we have been figuring out what we need to work on, uh Ended up a little bit short in the end, but uh, so I think that's why I I I still think I could be up there and go for a championship. It's it feels a little bit like a long shot this year, but at the same time I think I have the the stuff to do it. So we will, yeah, try hundred percent for the first two races and see. That's the only thing I I can do. <laughs>